Hi, I'm Megan Hillica, a grieving mother turned grief coach. I now support, guide, and offer tools to navigate the unthinkable of child loss to other moms who also know this pain. I help you go from empty, lost, and broken to learning to carry your grief and live alongside it. If there's one thing I want you to see, it's hope. Hope that there's life after loss. Hope that there's so much more for you and encouragement that you're normal. All of this is possible along with never forgetting or moving on from your baby or child. I'm holding on to hope for you until you are ready to hold it yourself. Welcome to Grieving Moms Podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode on Grieving Moms Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hillica. Today is episode 99, Suffering is Optional, by Ren Katie and the Work. Before we dive into suffering and Byron Katie's work, I want to remind you that the giveaway for the 100th episode that happens to land on my birthday is next week on June 17th. So if you want to enter the giveaway and get a chance to win some amazing prizes, go to meganhillica.com slash giveaway to see the ways that you can enter to win. They are really fun ways to win, including doing an act of kindness for your child, writing a note with it and like a hashtag of Grieving Moms podcast, and then sharing that picture in the Facebook group. This is probably my absolute favorite way that you can enter because it's spreading kindness, hope, and love, and you get to honor and remember your child with that act of kindness. So go to meganhillica.com slash giveaway to learn all the details. So what do you mean that suffering is optional? Like, whatever. What do you mean this is optional? I get it. It seems like suffering is your only option when your child dies, right? It feels like suffering is all there is, that the deep agony and pain is all there is. And if you weren't suffering, wouldn't that mean that you were a bad mom or what? Because of course you should suffer. Your child is dead. Like, hello, isn't that what happens when your child dies? And I talked a little bit about suffering in the episode a couple weeks ago, but truly suffering is optional. Pain is an inevitable, right? Pain is a part of our life. But the suffering that we have on top of that is optional. And so we live on earth. We have pain. We have sorrow. We have grief. Of course we do. Our child died, right? And I also believe that we will always have heavy and lighter emotions because we live on earth and we're not in heaven. And only in heaven can we ever have just the joyful, the laughter, the light, only the positive, beautiful, you know, emotions. But since we're here, the painful, the heavier, the more intense emotions are a part of our life and they come to us. The suffering comes in when we resist what is, when we resist those emotions. Say we are resisting anger or Whatever, whether it's the emotion, the circumstance, the relationship, whatever it is, the resistance brings suffering. And so I think that's the important thing to notice is it doesn't mean that you, because you don't have suffering, doesn't mean you don't have heavy emotions. It means that you're not suffering in those heavy emotions. You're not cycling in them. You're not adding on top of them. So I've heard often about Byron Katie's work, and I listened to her book, Loving What Is, and it's fascinating. She has a four-question process called The Work that she walks people through, 
And it's really to help them get clear and see where maybe they're resisting what is or choosing to suffer. I am always fascinated by us as humans, how we want to resist what is and fight our reality. But in turn, this resistance creates suffering. And I think this is why I love doing the work that I do. But also learning to live fully means learning to embrace the full experience of life that we have. So what are the four questions in the work? And before you can even dive into the work, you first go through a situation in your life that frustrated you or caused you a lot of stress. And then you replay that in your mind as if you were there again. You pay attention to what was causing you the most stress or frustration. Journal this out and notice the thought that caused you the most stress. Kitty encourages you to be as childish and judgy as possible as you were in the moment. Like, so you can see, you know, like what, what that is. And so you can get clear answers of actually what was happening instead of you trying to like pretend that you were not thinking as judgy thoughts as we might not like to admit that. But once you find a thought that you can look at, apply these four questions. So number one, is it true? Taking a moment to think about this and question your thoughts is powerful. I I really believe that we don't even realize we're thinking something. Like, we don't even know what's going through our head. Even if we don't believe it's true, we didn't even realize it was a thought there. And when you start to question, you can see either how silly it is that you are thinking that because you don't actually believe it to be true, or maybe you believe it to be true. And then you can go to the next question and, you know, really start to question a little bit more. So the next question is, can you absolutely know that it's true? And really take a moment to think and truly ponder if it's absolutely true. It gives you another chance to see if you are being honest and true with yourself. Notice what comes up for you. And then you can go to question three. How do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? So this is all about noticing how this thought makes you feel and how it makes you act. What emotions come up for you? How do you treat those around you? How do you treat yourself? How do you feel that emotion in your body? How might you start to numb that emotion, to try to hide, to try to buffer with that emotion? Just noticing how powerful having that thought um, creates emotions and thoughts in your life and how you act from that thought. So number four, once you've realized that and noticed that, you go to number four and um, you, you do who would you be without that thought? This is such an interesting question because I found in working with that with moms that it always comes back to your identity and who you are. Who do you believe yourself to be and why do you keep holding on to that thought? She says to go back to the scenario and replay it in your mind again and replay it without that thought. So say you're going through the situation and then see what happens if you don't have that thought. Ask yourself who or what you would be without that thought. How would you treat others? How would you treat yourself? How would you feel without that thought? And drop all the judgments that you might have about yourself or anyone else as you do this work. The whole purpose of the work and all of the work that I do is not to judge or try to completely change your thoughts or to even try to stop yourself from thinking because we can't, right? Thoughts just come in 
over and over and over in our mind, but to bring awareness to what's going on inside of you, um, maybe of the resistance that you have, and then giving you tools to choose thoughts and actions that align with who you want to be and how you want to live. This truly gives you freedom and choice, and it gives you the ability to choose your thoughts instead of just always having them on autopilot without even realizing what's going through your mind. It's so incredibly helpful to notice and to really, it's not about trying to stop yourself from thinking or trying to get rid of all your thoughts. It's becoming more aware of what's going on in your mind. This is another tool you can use as always. Doing this kind of work takes time, energy, and it's not always easy to get truly honest with yourself. This can be one of the hardest things to admit different things and face them in your life, but it's truly liberating when you dare to bring up the quote-unquote garbage, kind of the stuff that's festering inside of you, and take it out and look at it. And that is where you can take steps towards a you know, beautiful life, where you can start to make choices in your life. Otherwise, it just festers there inside of you. If you want to learn more about Byron Katie's work, you can read the book Loving What Is or going to thework.com to learn more about her work. I am a big believer in offering as many tools and ways of working through things because sometimes, you know, I might share again and again and again the, you know, what I do and the ways that I do, and it might just not click for you. And all of a sudden, something else that I share just clicks with you on a different level than something else. And that might be the thing that helps you the most. So just really trying to offer as many ways to help you navigate this horrific grief journey um, is, is my goal. I want to help you. I want you to not suffer. I want you to have a beautiful life, even though the worst thing has happened to you. So take a moment and breathe, relax, let go of the judgment, put on your curiosity hat and begin to dive into what's going on inside of your mind. You got this, my friend. You are stronger than you think. And as a reminder, go enter to win all of the things I'm giving away for the 100th podcast episode of my birthday at meganhillica.com slash giveaway. See you next week where it will be the final day to enter and I will do a Facebook live with the giveaway winners. Take care. If you have found support, encouragement, and changes on your grief journey from this podcast, I want to invite you to come check out Stop Talking, Start Feeling. It's my mini workshop that takes what I talk about in this podcast and really brings it to a tangible, practical level. It dives into emotions and thoughts and how you can begin to process and move through them. There are also sections on releasing and processing sadness and guilt, which so often come up after your child dies. Join me over at www.stoptalkingstartfeeling.com That's stoptalkingstartfeeling.com